Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I love that. Love it. Love it. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give honor to my pastor. I was thinking this morning how what value is here in this ministry because of her, what value we all have here because of her and, and laying her life down. And people tell me all the time, or they, you know, they don't talk to me anymore because I told them no too many times, but people have always said, you know, if you just move out across it, you can, I said, move, move here, move there, and, and you can have all this. And I said, no, what I have treasure here. What can you offer me somewhere else? What can you offer me somewhere else that is more valuable than a leader who, has, who lays her life down for us, who teaches us how to live in victory? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I give God praise. Ain't nothing nowhere else to go to. Mm-mm. When we were first married, we tried to move to Hot Springs. It just lasted like six months, but you can't find a church to go to. I'm sure there are wonderful churches in every town. We could not find a church to go to because we knew what we had back home. And we knew that there wasn't anything up there. There wasn't any job, there wasn't any mall, there wasn't anything you got to travel for here and cross it that that was more valuable than what we have here. This is, this, this town though in the spirit is a metropolis though. It's not, it's not a little town. Amen. This town is full of spiritual giants. Amen. Pastor gave me a scripture this week, and I just want to share it really quickly because God has been in my spirit, and, and God began to speak to me out of it. And it's in Isaiah chapter 40. It says, verse 29, it says, He gives power to the faint and weary. God gives power to the faint and weary, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. This is amplified. Causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and select the the strong, mighty young men, shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. If you'll go back... That one, verse 31, right there. So I began to, this, God just put this scripture in me and I, through pastor and I began to just meditate on it and I looked up the, the root of these words and the word wait here, we think of it as a passive wait, is what we think, 
we sing that song, you know, we grew up singing that song in church, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. I'm just going to wait upon the Lord. And I always had in my mind when I read this, okay, if I want to get my strength renewed, I really never paid a whole bunch of attention to it because we hear the scripture all the time. If I want to get my strength renewed, I just come sit and wait. But the original Hebrew word that gets translated into wait here is different than just passively waiting. It's, it's a word that actually means to, to be made uncomfortable, to stretch, to twist, to exert yourself is what it means. <clears throat> it doesn't mean to sit idly. It's like, it's like when the kids on, on Christmas Eve and they got to wait until the next morning, and they say, I just can't go to sleep, I just can't rest. This is not a restful kind of wait. It's, I can't wait. I can't wait. What can I do? What can I do to make morning get here faster? Because I just can't wait. I can't go to sleep. I can't think about anything else. I can't wait. It's, that's the word that it means, and it says that the, the act of doing this kind of wait is actually stretches you and it contorts you and it twists you and it makes you uncomfortable with the waiting. It, you exert something in the waiting. It's like a waiter waiting on a table. It's a work in the waiting. And I began to understand what God was saying about waiting on Him. Because in the spirit, some things are opposite, you know, than what we think they ought to be. And I think if I'm tired I should, and I wait on the Lord, I should just come lay myself down. Lay myself down. Take a nap, get some rest. Thank you, Jesus, in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> just feel the comforter come on over me. But... This waiting is, is an active kind of waiting. And he says here in the Amplified Version, it gives us the key to what, to what this word really translates into. And he says, to expect, to look for, and to hope in. And so I began to think about, if I'm waiting on something, when is the waiting uncomfortable for me? It's when I'm waiting on something I'm excited about. It's not when I'm just kind of waiting and lounging around and I don't care. It's when I'm waiting on something that I'm excited about getting. It's when I'm waiting on something that I just can't wait to have. It's when the waiting becomes uncomfortable and I just can't wait. I'm excited. I put all my hope in it. I'm thinking about it all the time. And he says that if we allow that kind of waiting to come up in us, which is excited excited, can't wait, then our strength gets renewed. You know, the other day I was, I was, uh, I was tired. It was, it was late. It was, it was right, you know, been a long day. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And, um, and I said, you know, I'm just going to do the dishes before I go to bed. I don't want them there in the morning. And I didn't want to, you know, you don't want, to, I didn't want to, but Four hours later, I have become so excited with, with cleaning things that I wasn't tired anymore. I had to make myself go to sleep at 2.30 in the morning. 
had to make myself. Y'all ever been there where there's something that you get excited about doing, and all of a sudden you're full of energy. You may have been tired 30 minutes ago, but now I'm excited about it. I assume that people who enjoy hunting enjoy, like they get excited at 4.30 in the morning when they get up. I ain't getting, I ain't excited about hunting. I ain't getting up at 4.30 in the morning. That don't excite me. But I believe if it did, I would be real excited. I wouldn't be tired. No, because the answer is in what kind of waiting am I doing? Amen. Hallelujah. What's the difference? What's the difference in me saying that I'm I'm tired and want to just sit and wait and me saying I'm so excited I can't wait? It's, I'm excited. It's because it's something I want to do. Now, in prayer this week, we've been, we've been praying over commitment and submission. And God began to show me what I was just calling a don't want to spirit. Don't want to. Just don't want to. And that is what I saw is really where the problem lies in many of our lives. When we get to feeling like I don't want to. We call that tired because I feel like I don't want to. But the, re- the real problem is I just don't want to. That's the actual problem. The actual problem isn't tired because how do we manifest tired? How do we talk about tired? Don't want to do anything today. I want to just sit here and be all about myself today because don't want to. That's not tired. Tired is, I did a hard day's work and it was wonderful and I'm excited and now I'm ready to go to bed. That's tired. The other is don't want to. And that's different. Amen? It is different. We're fixing to see it. Obedience and wanting to do something in true submission are two different things. I can obey God and not be submitted to God. Because it matters what I want to do. And, the, and when I was a kid, my mom used to watch Andy Griffith's show all the time. I remember Opie on there one time, he said, his dad told him to sit down. He said, I may be sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. So, he's, submit, that's not submitted. Submitted is, I want to do what God tells me to do. I want to. I want to. I've submitted my will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) We're submitted in every area, and we lay our life down to where my joy is pleasing my Father. In Jonah chapter 1, we're going to look at this real fast. It says, verse 1, we see somebody who lived that life. He says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish instead from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, and he paid the the fare, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So God asked Jonah to do something, and Jonah said, I don't want to. Don't want to. Think I'm going to go do something else. Now, Jonah was a prophet. He was saved. Man of God. 
was holy. God told him to do something, and he didn't want to do it. And so he said, not going to do it. And we know what happened to him. They, the storm came. He got thrown into the, to the water to save the people in the boat because God was judging him for running from him. And God said, you can't just get away from me. God prepared a fish. And you know what I saw is Jonah was so set on not doing what things he didn't want to do. It actually took him three days to repent. That's the reason he was in the belly of the whale for three days. It said he was in the belly of the whale. And then after he was in the belly of the whale... He prayed unto God and said, I'll repent, God. You, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I will do it. I'll repent. That's self-willed. And so then he got out of the fish, and God spoke to Jonah again, and he obeyed. He went and he preached to Nineveh, and he said, God's going to destroy your, your country in 40 days because of your wickedness. And they all got saved. They repented. They fasted. They prayed. And God said, I'm not going to destroy Nineveh anymore. Because um, uh, because they repented, and Jonah got mad about it. Jonah obeyed God, but he didn't submit to God. And so what happened, Jonah had a hardships because of it. Jonah had hardships. He got stuck in the fish, and even when he obeyed God, he got mad at God and pitched a fit, went and sat outside the city in the desert. And God said, are you doing right by being mad? He said, I am doing right, God. I am doing right by being mad. It's funny to me. Y'all can read it in there. It's in there. It says in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was this not my saying from the beginning when I was in my country? He said, I didn't want to because I know what you're going to do, and I don't want to do it. Didn't, didn't you do what I tell you you was going to do, God? I don't want to save Nineveh. Therefore, that's why I fled. God, this is the reason. This is what you did right here is the reason why I ran away from you to begin with. You done did it to me, and I'm mad about it. He said, therefore, I fled, for I knew that you're a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and, and repentest thee of the evil. And you would change your mind is what he's saying. I knew when I went over there and I preached to them people that you were going to save them. And I don't like them people. They were enemies of Israel. Don't like them. Don't want them to be saved. Wanted you to kill them all to begin with. I knew. I think in his own mind, he probably, he probably reasoned out in his head, if I don't go to Nineveh, God's actually going to kill them in 40 days. So I'm good. I'm fitting to leave. I'm not giving them suckers a chance to repent. We have people in our life like that, don't we, sometimes, where... The last thing I want to do is show grace and kindness to them. God said, go show them some grace and kindness. I don't want to. Don't want to. Because I know you. I know you're going to make me die to myself. I know, and I don't want to do it. I know that they're probably going to end up being just fine because I died to myself in it, and I don't want to do it. Because I'm mad about it. Jonah was mad. And he said, I know you're merciful. And then said the Lord, do you do good to be angry? And Jonah pitched a fit. He went out, into the, he went out of the city, 
on the east side of the city, and he made himself a little place to sit under the shadow. The shadow left him. He got mad at God again. God caused a tree to grow, a leafy plant to grow, so he could sit under that shade. He loved it. He said, finally, I get a little bit of relief from all of my sorrows and my hardship that is going on in my life. Then God caused the worm to come and eat the plant. And then he was out in the sun, and the sun was beating down on him, and he said, then God said to Jonah, is it right? He was mad. He said, I'm just mad at you. He said, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Just kill me, God. I don't, because I, we're laughing about it. We're laughing about it. But it's a heart condition that is a serious condition. When I have made myself believe I'm submitted to God because I'm just doing the things he has to do, but I'm mad about it the whole time. Do you know that if Jonah had submitted to God and just gone to Nineveh and seen the city saved and rejoiced in that and been in there, he could have been on Nineveh's version of TBN. You know, he could have wrote a book. He'd have been preaching in all the synagogues. They would have made a big deal. He would have been a man of honor. He would never want it for anything again. That king would have been so gracious that he spared the city of 120,000 people, 120,000 people. They would be all so thankful to Jonah that he came and warned them. If he had just really submitted and said, oh my God, this is so wonderful, look at this, and just rejoice with those people, he would have been so much better off. But where do we find him with sitting out in the desert with the sun beating down on him, telling God, I want to die because I'm so mad. Because I didn't want to. I did it anyway. Now there's a place in submission where I don't want to, and I do it anyway because God said. But the very next close place should be where I have submitted my heart to God and now I want to do what he tells me to do because it's the best thing because it's for me because he told me Jesus gives us another perfect example of this in John six thirty eight, he says for I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. We see him again in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to die. Don't want to go through what you're asking me to go through. Don't want to do what you told me to do. But not my will. Your will be done. Help me, God, be able to submit and find joy in your will. And he could have said, Oh my God, what more do you want from me? Y'all don't have to look like you ain't never said that. What more do you want from me? You see these people? They follow me around when the miracles are here, when times get tough, they're gone. You're asking me to lay down my life for these people? These people who want to kill me? There's some folks right now plotting to kill me. And you're asking me to do what? I don't want to. Not going to. As a matter of fact, I'm the son of God. I could probably call down some angels and stage this whole revolution right now. We set up the millennial reign of Christ. Don't want to. Didn't want to so bad that he struggled until blood came out of his head. Sweated drops of blood. 
over how bad he didn't want to, but he was crucifying his flesh before he ever got up to be crucified. He was dying to himself and saying, God, I want to. Because when, when that kind of trial comes, when the devil actually comes against you, if there's not a want to inside of you, then, then just saying I'm going to do it and I don't want to isn't good enough. Because all that pull, get, just get out, just quit, just quit. It becomes too much. Inside of, us, inside of myself, if I allow that kingdom of self to stay in there, where when, when trouble comes, when trials come, when struggles come, when things are difficult, that's, that's going to get bigger and bigger. And I'm gonna, the more uncomfortable I get, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And it's going to say, quit, quit, quit. But if I lay my life down, hallelujah. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And this is knowing who he was talking to. Isaiah 53, verse 10, tells us he knew who he was talking to. He knew the prophecy. He said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him, for he had put him to grief. When you had made, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and then... The Father will be satisfied. Jesus knew who he was talking to. He was talking to the man who said, It's going to please me to see you be bruised. Going to please me. Oh my God. But, Hallelujah, Jesus. But, the victory that came in laying down his life was worth. That's the reason God's not difficult. That's why he says my yoke is easy. It's not because he just wants more of you. When we sit around like Jonah and say, what more do you want out of me, God? I don't even want to be here. What more do you want? He wants actual submission. Hallelujah, Jesus. When we're submitted, our whole heart is submitted. Our don't want to becomes a want to. Hallelujah. Hey, that's when, hey, hallelujah. Submission is not a negative thing. It's not, a, it's not even about the death to self. That's just a little piece of to get me there. Because when I'm there, then all of my don't want to's become want to's. It doesn't, what can somebody throw at you when you want to? I don't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go hunting, but if you want to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go hunting, you're getting up and you're excited about it. Now, when a want to comes up in us for do the things of God, it doesn't matter what gets asked of us. It doesn't matter what God says to me. It doesn't matter what trials or tribulations. It doesn't matter what difficulty comes my way because of the stand I decide to make. When, when I want to, what can you do with a want to? Hey, Orobo Shatarabahandi, I say. Hallelujah. That's when I really begin to get the revelation once I've truly submitted that God's plans are good. They are good. And I can be excited. Hey, Oboshanda. I can be excited about the plan of God. I can be excited of what He asked me to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the reason the Bible says that weeping it may endure just for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.